0: Today on Geekville Radio, the DCU has its new Superman and Lois Lane. An animated Transformers movie is hitting the theaters for the first time in 35 years. And Secret Invasion premiered on Disney+. Plus. All this and more on the latest edition of Geekville Radio. Geekville Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Geeks and Geekettes. This is Seth, a.k.a. Zandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio coming at you with episode 336. This is number 336 in your hymnals. You can find the show notes at geekvilleradio.com slash 336. And like we said at the top of the show, James Gunn, director of Superman Legacy, has confirmed reports that he has cast the new Superman and Lois Lane for his movie, which will be the official reboot of the DCU. There was a Hollywood Reporter article that listed Superman Legacy finds leads with David Korinswet and Rachel Brosnian. I hope I'm saying those names right, to which James Gunn linked and said accurate. They are not only both incredible actors, but also wonderful people. Now, I do not know much about David Korinswet. He very much looks the part. I actually think in a good way, he actually looks kind of like he could be Henry Cavill's little brother. I mean, he's about 30 years old, I believe. Relative newcomer, but his name was floating around for some time in the rumor mill for who was going to be the next Superman. And if he's 30 now, that would probably put him early 40s by the time this 10-year plan comes to fruition. So this will make him, I believe, the fourth actor to portray superman on the big screen because george reeves did it for tv i don't think there was any superman movie theatrically until the christopher reeve film in 78 so you'd have christopher reeve brandon ruth who i really wish would have gotten more movies i actually thought he did a great job in superman returns and then of course henry cavill I guess maybe, kind of, sort of, you could count Ben Affleck because he portrayed George Reeves in the film Hollywood Land and depicts him playing George Reeves, playing Superman. You can actually find the pictures of Ben Affleck in the Superman costume for Hollywoodland. So while I haven't seen his body of work, like I said, he, he looks the part, uh, so we'll We'll see how he does. It'll, we'll, I guess I'll reserve judgment until we start seeing trailers and such. Now, Rachel Brosnan, she is best known for the Amazon series, The Magnificent Miss Meisel. I haven't watched a lot of that show, but I have seen enough of her in it. Again, she looks the part. She looks like she's going to have the wit down. So I am, at least at this point, definitely on the positive end as far as these castings go. And of course, like I say about every time when we talk movie castings and movie adaptions of geek material, in the end, actors act to please directors. They do not act necessarily to please the audience. I'm sure they want to please the audience, but in the end, they act in accordance to what the director tells them. So if an acting job isn't up to par, in my opinion, the director can be somewhat to blame for that because they're probably telling the actors to do things in that way. And I know James Gunn's got his critics out there, and I still maintain, at least until the movie comes out, this is not going to be Guardians of the Superman or, you know, the Superman squad or whatever. I'm sure there's going to be elements of James Gunn's fingerprints on there. Like, I have no problem believing there's probably going to be a. Eclectic blend of music. There's probably going to be a few odds and ends here, but I think James Gunn knows he is treading on sacred ground with Superman, arguably the biggest, most well known, and most popular superhero of all time. He knows not to tread lightly on this stuff, so I think he is legitimately going to try to honor Superman's legacy, not just because it's in the film title, but because. He knows how iconic this character is because of stuff like suicide squad and guardians of the galaxy and peacemaker a lot of those characters that he took liberties with are minor characters like in peacemaker the way vigilante was depicted is not even remotely how vigilante was in the comics in the comics he was much more like kind of dc's punisher he didn't really do comedy but I only know that because I read some vigilante comics back in the day. I don't know how many other people did. I mean, that, that character is like a C lister at best. And it's a similar thing for a lot of the characters in suicide squad. I don't think there's too many people who are upset at the depiction of rat catcher or characters like that polka dot man. I could be wrong, but like I said, I, I think this is going to definitely be a serious attempt at making a great Superman film I I still regret that Henry Cavill's not in it because I kept saying I think Henry Cavill has a great Superman movie in him it's just going to take the right director and unfortunately we may never get that so now the next on the docket Transformers 1 this is the first animated Transformers movie in 35 years to hit movies to hit movie screens It is set for release in next year, I believe, July of next year. And much like its predecessor, the 1986 Transformers, the movie, which some geeks love, some geeks hate. I think we all love the soundtrack, but there were a lot of people like me who were kind of dismayed that they basically killed off all the original characters. And Now, the reason for that was because they stopped selling the toys, so that's why they killed off the characters. But in Transformers, the movie, there actually were some Hollywood A-listers that voiced characters. You know, Leonard Nimoy, Judd Nelson, it was Orson Welles' final role. I still remember the jokes about how it's fitting that Orson Welles' final role, he played a planet, given about how this big he was, how big he had physically gotten by that time. Well, this time around, the cast includes Chris Hemsworth as Optimus Prime. So we'll see if Optimus Prime gets a Australian accent. Scarlett Johansson as alito One, which I have no memory of, in uh, as far as characters. I think that goes back to like the like the Optimus Prime origin uh, days, because there, there was one episode that was a whole flashback back into on Cybertron and the creation of Optimus Prime and all that jazz. And the reason why I think they're doing that route is because Lawrence Fishburne is going to voice Alpha Triad, and if you know your Transformers lore you know that Alpha Tryon created Optimus Prime. I'm assuming he created a lot of the other Transformers as well, but Prime was his greatest creation. But Scarlett Johansson did talk with Collider. Again, we'll have the link in the show notes at geeklaredo.com slash 336. She said, yes, I'm playing Alita. I'm working with Josh Cooley, who is an incredible writer-director. The texture of it is so awesome. And because Josh wrote it, it just feels very, I don't know. It's got a very dramatic feel about it. It's funny, but it's got so much heart to it, like all his stuff does. I think it's a different way of approaching this IP. I think it stands on its own. It's pretty exciting. Now, obviously, this is an actor or an actress. She's not going to talk down on something she's working on that hasn't come out yet. But Josh Cooley being attached to this. I think is a good sign because he is probably best known for doing Toy Story 4 and everybody raved about Toy Story 4 having this, I don't know if coming of age is the word to it, but it's like it was able to bring the Toy Story franchise to a new era because obviously the first two place within a couple of years of each other and then three I think was it like 10 years after two and then four came along and It was in proper span of time because Andy had grown up and of course the toys have not. So that actually makes me hopeful about this, that this may be something that will have more attention paid to the audience than a lot of stuff in the live action movies. Now, I still haven't seen the Rise of the Beast Transformers because I really, I soured on the Transformers movies a long time ago. I think... The perfect example of what soured me on the Transformers movies was the depiction of Devastator having reproductive organs. You know, the whole line of I'm standing directly beneath the enemy's scrotum. That pretty much sums up the Transformers movies to me. I'm sure they probably got better after Michael Bay, but outside of Bumblebee, which I did like, I really haven't seen a Transformers live-action movie in, in several years, so... I'll wait for the trailers, see if it looks interesting, and hopefully it will be a proper treatment to the IP that I loved so much growing up. Right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will dive into Secret Invasion, Episode 1, that premiered on Disney+. Plus. This is Geekful Radio, and we will be right back. <music> Hello, this is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio. And I'm happy to announce the latest addition to the Geekville Radio podcast channels. We do have Geekville Radio, which covers all aspects of geekery. TVs, movies, superheroes, science fiction, you name it. We have Examining the Doctor, which is our Doctor Who-themed podcast. And we have Examining the Dead, which is our horror-themed podcast. Well, the latest addition to those Geekle Radio channels is called the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame, and I know some people may say that Lesser Known and Hall of Fame may be an oxymoron, and that is quite frankly true, but here at Geekle Radio, we like to pay tribute to some of the lesser known characters out there. We're not going to talk much about Superman or Spider-Man or Wonder Woman or any of the other A-listers. We're going to talk about characters that might not be the first names that roll off your tongue when it comes to characters both heroes and villains but characters who the story of heroes and villains might not be complete without unfortunately i don't have to do it alone joining me on this journey and we will have other guests along the way my usual co-host for geekful radio from a south padded cell in south kakalaki crazy train jonathan bullock All aboard, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, we're going to go back in the annals of history and pull out some of those lesser-known geek heroes and villains. Some of the people you might not have heard of or only know a little bit about, some that are near and dear to our heart, and some that we don't know that much, so we're going to enjoy just doing the research ourselves. Dropping soon, we're going to start with our pornography podcast on one of my all-time favorite characters, the Shadow. That's the kind of things you'll be looking at on the lesser-known Geek Hall of Fame. Once again, that is the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame, the latest channel at Geekville Radio, available at geekvilleradio.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the podcasting device of your choice. All right, we are back. Geekville Radio. Number 336, and we're going to dive into the premiere episode of Secret Invasion. The episode was called Resurrection, and it dropped on Disney Plus this past Wednesday. This is the most anticipated show of Marvel Phase 5. Now, for me at least, I think it actually is the official start of Phase 5. And if you need a crash course in Secret Invasion, you can find it in our last podcast, 335. Where we called it but "What Was Secret" or "What Is Secret Invasion." The short summary is: Secret Invasion saw Skrulls disguising themselves as key characters in the Marvel Universe and coordinating a occupation of Earth. They're basically taking over Earth to be their new homeworld after their homeworld was destroyed in the Kree- Skull- Skrull War. Now that destruction was depicted in the Captain Marvel movie. And there's a couple flashbacks to that, but the comic version had a lot more superhero characters in it. The main villain herself disguised as Spider Woman. There were people, there was a Skrull dis- disguised as Jarvis and as Hank Pym. So they basically had eyes and ears in all the major Marvel super teams all the teams of heroes and such, and that's how they were able to coordinate everything. This one, it looks like they're kind of going more after world leaders rather than superheroes. So this this does have more of a spy thriller element to it, which I kind of expected, given that this is a Nick Fury story. And that really is one of the reasons why I have been anticipating this so much is Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury is finally taking center stage because he's been a supporting character for the last 15 years. I think we've all loved him in the role and there's definitely some moments where we get the classic Samuel Jackson kind of banter. And also it is like I said directly connected to the Captain Marvel movie, which is where we got the scrolls introduced uh, in the MCU. So with that said, going to wave the spoiler tag. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler hole has been breached. Spoiler hole has been breached. Now, the major points in this, I guess the two biggest ones, are they have apparently killed off Maria Hill. That was a big surprise because, you know, again, I think a lot of people liked Colby Smothers in that role. She was a cool character in her own right. But they brought Colson back from the dead. I don't know if they'll do the same thing with Maria Hill, but. We'll see. She definitely was not a scroll, at least she didn't turn into a scroll when she died. But the way scrolls are going about their takeover is they are staging terrorist attacks to provoke war between the US and Russia. Now, Nick Fury, his main look in here, he's got a gray beard and no eye patch. This would indicate that he has been gone from some time. They seem to imply that he went back into space shortly after the end of Thanos' snap, basically shortly after Avengers Endgame, because we did see him at Tony Stark's funeral. At least we're led to believe it really was him, that he wasn't a scroll. although we did see in recent Spider-Man movies that Talos is actually posing as Nick Fury when he needs to. More on that later. But while it makes more sense for the story to be a spy thriller than an epic superhero action film, I think this was a little underwhelming for a series premiere. The acting was good all around, though. The plot even is, is pretty good. I think it just felt a little meh. Now, hopefully future episodes will pick up the pace and give us more moments. Like I said, of the classic MCU fury that we all know and love. Now at the beginning of the episode, we saw Everett Ross. That is Martin Freeman's character. And now it turned out that he was a scroll. It was a scroll posing as Agent Ross, which then bodes the question has Agent Ross been a scroll all this time? Or was he recently abducted? Because the usual scroll practice is they abduct the person that they are posing as and they keep that person hidden away. That's how they were able to bring back the characters from Secret Invasion, as they were actually still alive, they were just hidden away. It's actually not unlike the Doctor Who story, The Faceless Ones, because in that story, there were aliens that were abducting people bound for airline vacations, and they would abduct these people and take them into space and take over their bodies, effectively. And they would do this with a lot of the people being kept in suspended animation, essentially being held away cuz they they needed the bodies they didn't they didn't want to kill these people but that's doctor who 40 50 years ago this is a present day marvel and if they do actually kill off murray hill like i said that that would be a surprise cuz she was a pretty cool recurring character but i also couldn't help but notice that the episode was called resurrection and i'm not sure who or what was resurrected Maybe it's the scrolls in general. But another thing I couldn't help but notice is that both Maria Hill and Sonia Fallsworth, that's Olivia Coleman's character, they both mention about how Fury has been different since the snap, since the blip. I can't help but wonder if the main Fury we're watching in here is a scroll. Now we did get the villain Grabic least who right now we're seeing as the main villain, Gravik did pose as Fury. He actually impersonated Fury to shoot Maria Hill. So Maria Hill died thinking that Nick Fury was shooting her, which is really kind of an awful way to die, not just being shot, but to think that your boss was shooting you. But we haven't seen yet whether this Nick Fury, the, the one we've mainly been seeing, is the actual Nick Fury or not? I actually would would not be surprised if the Fury we're seeing for this whole story is actually also a scroll, and the for really real Nick Fury is still out there. That just that would not surprise me at all that Nick Fury be doing this, especially since they've been implying that he's been out in space anyway while Talos has been impersonating him on Earth. So, if I were to give this a final grade, I would say probably about a B minus. Like I said, it was good. It wasn't great. It was a little underwhelming for a series premiere, but it doesn't make me think oh, this is dumb. It's, it does make me still want to watch the rest of the episodes, and so I'll keep covering this. I'll keep doing my reviews. This has been Geekville Radio. If this is your first time listening to us, obviously welcome. We are at Geekville Radio. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, wherever you find your favorite or maybe not-so-favorite podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music. Pretty much anywhere you can grab a podcast, you can do a search for Geekville Radio, and you will find us. we got this flagship show, Geekville Radio. We have Exam of the Doctor, which is on Doctor Who. We have Exam of the Dead, which is our mature-themed horror podcast that has some bad language and uh, adult content in it, not for kids. We also have the Lesson on Geek Hall of Fame, where myself and Crazy Train induct some characters that may be an influence to some of the A-listers and some of the all-time great characters. We talk about characters and properties that may have inspired these great things. And we have a nostalgia trip. Again, Crazy Train and I talk about pop culture of the past. In a couple months, it's going to be October, and we usually have a lot of fun in October because that's when we do our crossover month where you're going to see a lot of our stuff littered throughout the main Geekville feed. It's all going to be Halloween or horror-oriented, and it's definitely helped people see some of the other sideshows outside of the main Geekville brand. And, of course, we also have Classic Wrestling Memories. Crazy Train is part of that as well. And we talk the old-school pro-wrestling Not just wrestlers, but promotions, angles, pretty much you name it. And Crazy Train was a pro wrestler for 15 years. So he gives that uh, in-ring, inside-the-business viewpoint that you won't get from somebody like me who has just been a fan. If you want to get a hold of us, we are on social media, Geekville Radio on Facebook and Twitter or X, if that's really what they're going to call it. And we are also on Instagram at Geekful Radio. You can get a hold of me, Seth, at geekvilleradio.com or show at GeekfulRadio.com. So we're going to shut down the power here in the Geekful Radio studios. We'll talk to you folks again next time. And I hope you have a great day, great night, great week, great weekend, however long you need. Have a great one. We'll be back. Are you looking for a gaming-themed podcast? Check out You Just Got Craig. Join host Jared Aubrey and this panel of gaming enthusiasts as they discuss news and accomplishments in the gaming world and, of course, the gripe of the week. That's all at YouJustGotFragged.com. Part of the Wrestling Brethren Podcast family. all time lords and ladies Geek Go Radio presents Examining the Doctor a weekly look at everybody's favorite time lord the doctor join Mark and Seth as they bring their signature blend of knowledge and humor to favorite and not so favorite episodes of Doctor Who from Hartnell to Capaldi Examining the Doctor provides episode commentaries for classic and current Doctor Who fans alike Examining the Doctor available on iTunes Stitcher and at GeekGoRadio.com. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, A1-Wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved.